Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Tulsa World Opinion video podcast. I'm Jenny Graham, Editorials Editor. I'm Bob Bissett, Editorial Writer, Column, and not a fan of the dentist chair. Bob's had a rough couple of days. Dental emergency. He's missed several meetings at work because of dental emergency. So, you know, and no one ever questions it. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, we got it. But he's back. He's able to talk. And we're talking politics because that's dominating everything right now. So um, Bob writes about it in this week's column. But in the next two weeks, I think two weeks, we are going to have almost like solid endorsements from the editorial board. And we have been meeting sometimes two, three times a day, meeting with candidates from, you know, running at the federal level, state level, down to, we had two district judge candidates come in tomorrow, yesterday. And there is a question of, in the greater community, these are all people who are coming in because they want to talk to us about their platforms, their views, and seeking an endorsement that they're hoping to sort of, you know, gain our support for what they're trying to do. And so as a board, we sit down and we go over the pros and cons, all that stuff. But there is a greater, this comes up all the time. Why do newspapers, why do the opinion sections of newspapers still do endorsements? Some have stopped it, a lot still continue it, especially for certain races. And that's posed to us all the time. And I think we should address it because I'll tell you my reasoning, which is it's the down ballot that most people, I will completely concede, they have their minds made up about the governor, um, senator, congressman. It's when you get down to that district judge and you're looking at two names you might not know. Mm -hmm. Well, if you read our section, read our paper, you'll read in the news section about them, but you'll also read more of an analysis over what we think, who we think would be a good fit for this job. Doesn't mean we don't like a person over another. It's just we're kind of looking at what we're hearing because we meet these people face to face you know where they're not on paper we're not just looking at the propaganda we want to actually meet and see eye to eye with this person and uh sort of making a suggestion and i think that it guides people on those lower lower end ballots county commission county assessor uh city council those kind of things and so for me i defend it in that it still is a help when you're looking for those kind of things or state questions when they come up, those kind of things. So um, it also kind of gives us, you know, a chance as an editorial board to see who's representing us. And I've really enjoyed, even though the meetings have been a lot in this roll up, I have enjoyed them. I enjoyed meeting even some that we, you know, I, I really appreciate ones who don't necessarily think they agree with our positions that the editorials have taken. Those are the most fascinating conversations. And I really yeah. enjoyed that. So you, but what do you, I mean, this is the first time you've been in on this process. So mm -hmm. what, do, what do you think so far? It's nice to see what these people are actually wanting to do, what their ideas are outside of, you know, the, the carefully curated websites for their campaigns, the, the ads that you see with the talking points and all that and that kind of stuff. And we get a chance to sit with these people for an hour sometimes or more. And they tell us, here's what I want to do. And some of these folks with the backgrounds that they have, 
and their ideas dovetail really well into whatever their wheelhouse is. And I say, well, yeah, I could see that guy, you know, that gal being elected in the office and working on that thing. And it would do us a lot of good. So um, we've heard a lot of ideas and that's kind of what I was getting into is like, I'm, I'm hearing kind of the, these, these people have put some thought into this as to when I get here, I want to do X. And some of the ideas they're putting out there are pretty interesting. I mean, we know certain topics are dominating this election cycle. You know, everything about the Oklahoma election this year, it's pretty much being defined by public education. And I would I would dare say that, you know, the, the two most high profile races aren't like governor and senator or governor and congressman. It's governor and state superintendent. So we know that. But like you were saying, on some of the down ballot races or some of the other uh, well, some are the other contests that are maybe not as high profile, people are coming up with some pretty cool ideas and maybe a few that are a little different. You know, even the wacky ideas I like. And I think you'd even use the kind of the phrase or the repeating the phrase and democracy is the marketplace of ideas. Right. So to sit and hear a lot of different ideas, even if we don't necessarily think it's right for our community or we disagree with, I enjoy the conversation. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I'm kind of tired of that divisiveness that's going on. And to be able to sit across from people who you think disagree with you and to still meet and to have a conversation. And oftentimes people are surprised that we agree on things, that there are some areas that we can come together and say, you know what, I, you know, uh, we agree on that idea of inflation relief or certain whatever it is that once you get past those cultural issues and get into the actual, you know, issue of things. But there are times where how often do we get to talk to district judges? Like yeah. never. And nope. so you know, here are two, and you know, or your your county assessor. Who can name the county assessor? Who can name your can you name your county commissioner? So, so in a way, I enjoy having the opportunity to talk to and, and to find out why they're they're running, and to kind of get past that because I'm that person. I see campaign materials, I throw it away. You know, commercials, I fast forward because it's just all curated. It's all propaganda. You know, mm -hmm. um, to be and that's why those people that are on your doorstep and I've had. Candidates come to my doorstep that I'm probably not going to vote for, but I appreciate they're out there. Well, yeah. I'm going to talk to them and let them know my ideas or what I would like to see. And so, um, and so that's why we do the endorsements. It's um, I, like I say, it's it's an idea to to have an exchange with with the local media, and and we aren't the news section. And that's another thing that people need to understand that it's the Tulsa World Editorial Board. It's not the Tulsa World because the news section, there is some of the reporters are real clear about that. But, you know, I think that's part of the education we have to do is to explain, you know, the, the opinion section is where your analysis is. It's where your just what it says, opinion. And so endorsements are part of opinion. Mm -hmm. We're not writing the, the, the objective news. So, but it has, and then we've got a lot more, uh, interviews coming up and the preparation for that's been pretty fun. So uh, it's hard though, when you, there are some races that, and it's kind of nice to have this where either of them are, are, you know, would be good choices. We've had a few of those races yeah. where we're struggling and thinking, wish both of them could go. 
yeah. because they're that strong. And there have been in the past, we haven't had that this year, but in the past, there have been some races I remember where it's like, this is going to, we'll just, what's the, the you know, maybe neither, <laughs> but you have to make a choice. Someone's going to win. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in that case, but we've, we've had a few races so far this year of candidates where I can almost, and we haven't spoken about it as a board, but it's like voters can't go wrong. And those are, those are great when yeah. you know that either of these candidates is going to, will do a good job. Um, yeah. So, but it, it is, it's been good. So on the, the editorials this week, we've had a, a lot of things going on. I want to mention an op-ed from last week that did we didn't bring up and didn't get much of it. got a lot of attention online. A lot of people on social media shared it. And it was one by Terry Simonson, works for the county. And he's, he's you know, a conservative in Tulsa. And he put forth this idea a few years ago, and he's brought it up again. And it's an idea that both sides of the political spectrum are rallying around. He was inspired to write this based on the election board's difficulty in getting workers, particularly right now. We were down 350 to 400 workers as of a couple of weeks ago, to the point where that means precincts won't be able to operate. Yeah. You know, lines will be hours long. So Terry Simonson had put forth this idea that just, and he likened it to the Tulsa Area United Way's Day of Caring, where businesses let people off work and go out and volunteer, that they sort of rally around a day to just blanket the community, and we're going to volunteer at nonprofits to paint, plant things, sort things, whatever is needed. He says we should have a day of citizenship, mm -hmm. where businesses and organizations mm -hmm. let their workers off to be precinct workers, that that's a way to staff these, and it's you know, the heart of democracy is having, you know, robust voting systems. I was really, it, it was embraced. Everybody online thought that's a great idea. Yeah, I so do too. Maybe Terry Simonson hit on something here. It's an opportunity to learn too, if you think about it. Let's say it's you're wondering what goes on behind the magic curtain of all of these, uh, of election day. Right. Well, what better way to find out? take the class, you know, that teaches you how to do it. It's like, I think there's like a day you learn to do it. And then there's the day before the election, just to kind of do something and you show up and you see what it is. And you're going to find out that it's, there's nothing secret or magic or weird about it. It's just a, a process that we got to go through and making sure everyone can vote and that uh, the ballots are properly go through the machine and all that kind of stuff. It's not a you know, it's not the, the mystery that a lot of folks think it is. It's just or a the conspiracy of, to change things. And yeah, you know, I would imagine a time. I would imagine I just had a notice in in the mail. I my precinct changed, and they they mean the election board, the officials in the letter said that the precinct I was at hosted 152 voters. And I thought, wow, that's not very many, you know. But I guess that's why I never had a line. So, but they mm. have to close it to merge with another, which, you know, sign of the times, I guess. But mm -hmm. Terry had said in there, because you, we do pay our precinct workers, something like, it's small. Yeah. 45, 65, I don't know, somewhere, not very much. But he gave the idea that if, if the employers didn't want their employees to keep that money, they could 
donate it to a nonprofit or donate it to some sort of campaign that, again, that just benefits a community. So and good for him for coming up with ideas. So maybe maybe he'll keep bringing that up till something happens. The uh, the editorial that kind of caught my attention was the animal shelter. You know, I love helping the animals. All of our critters. We love it. I mean, you know, you put pictures of puppies and kittens in the paper. I love that. But our animal shelter is abysmal. I mean, it's, I went there. We adopted a kitten, now cat, who doesn't like us. She's very mad at us at the moment. We put flea drops on her and she's now plotting her death. But we adopted her out of the shelter about three years ago. And I remember walking in and just thought, or maybe it was four years ago. I think it was four years ago. I remember walking in and just thinking, no livable thing should be here. It was just the facility and it's nothing that officials did. It's just the facilities in this really clunky location to get in. Um, it, it just smelled because there's, it's so old that you can only clean so much and they clean all the time. It's just falling apart. And GT Bynum, right after, right after I adopted the cat, I'm sure that was inspired him, but uh, no, he came up with this. He prioritized it as a public safety issue because when you have a lot of stray animals roaming the streets, it, the streets become unsafe. People don't want to walk it, the neighborhoods. It, it brings down. So he, he came up with an eight point plan on updating our animal welfare ordinances, practices, and to redo the shelter. And at the time, and this was four years ago, they were looking, I think the shelter cost, they were looking at four and a half to $5 million just to, to expand, rehab it, keep location. Well, pandemic hit, all the costs have go not gone up. And now the cost have ballooned to like $8 million. Mm. And we don't have that right now. I think the city has about seven million between ARPA funds. We passed the Improve Our Tulsa. Part of that goes to the shelter, and then just the general fund the city kicked in. So, city officials, being you know, I think they were being smart. They're looking for another location. They're like, why would we just try to? And there's only so much patching you can do on a facility like that. So now they found a spot of land that they own that the city owns over by the zoo, which would make it easier to get to, more visible. They use data on where most adoptions happen and where most animals are collected, those orphaned and stray animals. And they kind of came up with this location. And we editorially thought that's a great idea. If we can get a better, sh a new shelter from yeah. the bottom up at a better location, great idea. So... It's about time we'd have a shelter that is functioning for a city the size that we are. I think that's one of the main problems why the, the existing shelter is in such bad shape. You know, it's you can't keep up with the volume you have in a city of, you know, 400 something thousand people in a shelter that probably wasn't built to handle that kind of a thing. So, yeah, it's long overdue. So, I hope, I mean, it depends on the bottom line, but. It would really be nice to have for Tulsa to have the kind of shelter where people can find where it's built to our best practices and can grow. Because ultimately, we want to be a no-kill shelter. This goes hand in hand with all the other um, policy updates and, and expanded hours and that kind of thing. The other op-ed that was kind of cool 
or op-ed, cool. it was a editorial. The news was the Oilers are building, they're taking over the Macy's department store in Promenade. And the details, Nick, Rhett Morgan, the reporter wrote about the details. It sounds cool. I mean, they're going to build different rinks. It's going to be, you can go upstairs and, and watch from down below. It's a practice rink for the Oilers. They're still going to play it, be okay. But they're going to have a public section where people can ice skate. It just, it sounds really cool. And they're sinking you know, millions of dollars into this. And frankly, I mean, Promenade right now, it's a zombie area. It is just, it's something out of a horror movie. It's just, it's just gone it needs something like this. Hopefully, with the Oilers doing this, it'll breathe life into it. Because right now, there's nothing on that second floor. The food court's not, I mean, it's just, you have Dillard's on one end, but all the major stores are gone. It's just, I mean, we're having to really pull this out. And really so, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, the malls, the, the trend of the malls just kind of fell out of favor. You probably went to malls, didn't you, when you were a teenager? Sure, I can tell you all about it. South Glen Mall in Littleton, Colorado. Um, I had, yeah, there was se several different stops I would make. You know, I'd go to the record store. No, I, said, I said record store. I'd go there. There was this cool gaming shop in an upstairs. You know, it was kind of the second floor out of the way place where you found all of the quirky, really cool places and stuff like that. So I'd be hitting that and then, you know, grab something to eat or whatever. Um, it was a neat place for a kid with a few extra bucks and some time on their hands to, to do that kind of stuff and maybe walk out with some cool music and some kind of a cool game or something like that. Plus go downstairs again, hit the arcade, you know, waste a, a few bucks playing asteroids or defender or any of these you know old school arcade games that we used to play uh southland mall does not exist anymore i went there i went back to, to denver a while back and that mall is gone it's been replaced by something that looks kind of like that whole town square shopping center type of thing so yeah that's a piece of childhood just gone the thing with Promenade that I found interesting is, let's go back to high school for us, it was back in the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. Well, South Roads used to just be a mall, and Promenade was a mall right across the street from each other. Who thought of that? <laughs> well, someone who thought the malls would live forever. They but would there right, be... two malls right across the street from each other. Yeah. And then everyone just started going to Woodland Hills anyway. So there you go. So I grew up in a small town. And so we did not have malls. We had to, we went, we came to Tulsa or Oklahoma City to go to a mall. And we just thought it was so cool. Yeah, we didn't have that. But, you know, right now my kids never go. I mean, my, they go if they need to shop. Like I need to find a dress. I will go to the mall. They just don't go. And their friends just don't go to hang out like used to. So the whole idea of what, should go into a mall, I think changes. But with Promenade, what's because it's right at 41st Yale, it's a fantastic location. I mean, it truly is, you know, location-wise, a great location. But if it's it's in the disrepair that it's going to be harmful to the surrounding properties. And that's unfortunate that through a series of things, that's just happened. And this has been 
you know, really took a, a downturn since 2019 and oh, yeah. went into receivership. But it's, I mean, when you go out there, it's, it's something like a horror movie kind of set. It's just, so, so the Oilers by doing this, and I always kind of think, I was thinking of the, the Williams, the, the skating that people used to go over to the Williams forums and that was kind of cool, but downtown had lots of walkability. I don't know how that will happen with the Oilers, but it's kind of cool that they're they're doing this. And this is sort of maybe a different way to think about what should go in there. You know, you should know, there can... be other type of things? Yeah. Um, and it might bring, you know, ice sports kind of back. I mean, they're talking about having, you know, leagues for, you know, recreation leagues for men and women, having youth hockey, other kinds of ice, ice skating. So, you know, there's we're ice right rink. now. This, I mean, we're having to pull the the promenade back to life, right? Yeah, there's an ice rink down in the southeast part of the city, maybe mm-hmm. kind of toward Broken Arrow. Right. And people go there to learn curling. Oh, really? That'd be cool. Yeah. See, so I could do. Can... I could probably do curling. I can't do any yeah, other. Hockey. Thing. Hockey is a commitment. No, I'm yeah. Very I'm very physical. You know, fast I... fast skating, a lot of cardio. Um, pucks flying everywhere, getting body checked and all that stuff. Curling is very chill. I can do curling. Um, I think, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's all brooms and giant rocks. And yeah, they could do that there. But yeah, to your point, you're starting to see these malls are all repurposing or they're just gone. Mm-hmm. So like here in Tulsa, you know, Eastland Mall was a big deal until it wasn't. And that didn't take long because by that time, malls were on that downhill. You own Oklahoma City, Shepherd Mall was a thing. Now it's almost all government offices. That's a weird one. It is. It's like, imagine like websites of the government agencies in a mall. And that's what it is. It's yeah. like, oh, there's my, there's a cosmetology oversight. There's the racetrack over, you know, yep. betting oversight. I mean, it's, that's a weird one, but at least they repurposed it. At least they're being, it's being used. Promenade right now is it's sad and we're having to try to breathe life back into it. And I'm glad the Oilers saw saw to do that. And I look over at Woodland Hills and while that's doing better, you there is a point in time, I think, with these properties that you have a chance to save it from getting into that decline. And Woodland Hills has been mm-hmm. a, of the two more more prosperous. It, it maybe because there's a lot of businesses around there as well. Right. And you know, recently they got Shields. Have you ever been into one of those stores? I have not. I haven't. I no. haven't. I figured you did. You're Mr. Outdoorsy. Does no, it have a good a... reputation, Bob? Are uh, you going to go? I'm not sure. I'll check it out. See what they got. We've got a, we've sort of got a dearth of out, so outdoor stuff here. So, yeah. We, you know, we landed that using the TIF district. Um, and those TIF districts are, are a little yeah. complicated to understand. But... And not all states have TIF districts, tax increment districts. And what it means is the tax generated, some of it will come back to benefit the the store, you know, the thing that we're using to lure. But more importantly, and what I like about it is that it improves all the businesses around it. That part of that is going to be sunk into luring more stores in. And it's going to add, the idea is it improves the entire district. That's how Tulsa Hills got started. That's how the Blue Dome District got going. I mean, there are examples after examples of a TIF district being used to revitalize an area. And so Shields at Woodland Halls, Woodland Hills can do that. And I think that it's going to be a big part of preventing what we see at, at Promenade. 
So I oh, think that they're, you know, yeah. we're seeing some cool things. That That's a really good point there you're talking about, because what you do not want to have happen is that particular area of the city is where most of most of Tulsa's commerce happens uh-huh. is in that chunk right there that's centered at 71st and Memorial. And if the nexus of that starts getting starts to ail and die, that just spreads. I saw uh-huh. that happen with uh, uh, Crossroads in Oklahoma City is it was a big deal and then it went downhill pretty fast and then all of the commerce that was around there just sort of went downhill with it and if you do that you it's not just that you lose a lot but i mean people's property values will go down the city is going to be losing sales taxes which is how we fund just about everything and that the city does um and just what whatever's happening around the neighborhoods those decline with it too so if that area is healthy you know, this Shields thing could be sort of the preventative medicine, so to speak, to make sure that area stays healthy. So as much as I kind of dread driving that area to go do something, um, I know that its importance is high. And you got a place like that's going to be opening up. That might draw me in there. They have a Ferris wheel in there. Get on the Ferris wheel. They have lots of gaming. It sounds pretty cool. You know, it's more than just a store. It's one of those, it's more than just a store kind of stores. Um, but it's going to anchor the mall. And I've noticed, anyone can notice, once you lose an anchor of a mall, that's when you really have some problems. Yep. And and so Oilers is kind of stepping up to handle that and and try to, to bring that back. And I think the Shields thing was a great deal. And using that TIF district, it's really, I mean, that's why I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of using those when we can. So, um now, so we're going to go go back to politics. We've got how many weeks left for the election? Ooh, maybe three. Three. About three. So we're going to have um, our endorsements coming out almost every day in the next two weeks, maybe a little more, to cover everything. And so our board has some decisions to make and, and to look over it. And I hope it at least gets people... Give some ideas, even if you don't agree with it or you take issue with it. I hope it provides some sort of guidance. So, one thing I'd also throw in there too, uh, just because people are writing letters to the editor quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, you got about two and a half weeks. We got three weeks still of the election, a little over three and a half weeks. That means you got about two and a half weeks to get in your letters about who you think people should vote for. Because there's going to be a cutoff time that starts the weekend before uh, the election. So just warning you now, if you want to put in a letter saying, I want to vote for this guy, I want to vote for that gal, you should too. Uh, Be thinking about that because you're not going to be the only ones throwing stuff in there. So if you want to get your, say your piece on that thing, write us and sooner the better. That's a good point because we do have a cool, we call it a cooling off period starting the Saturday before the election. And what ends up happening, everyone sends a letter that week. Don't do that, send it tomorrow. You can go to TulsaWorld.com backslash opinion, backslash submit letter, or can't remember that, go to TulsaWorld.com, the opinion section, and you'll see, it'll take you to how to submit a letter. And you can do that there. So you're right, we gotta, you wanna have your say, do it this week, get it in early, so. And on that, I hope you have a good weekend. 
Hope your dental rest. surgery uh, gets. I'm gonna drug well. up. I'm gonna watch some football, and I'm gonna rest. And I'm gonna continue on with my liquid diet until I can finally eat solid foods. Oh yes, the joys. Well, good anyway, I hope right everyone now. has a good weekend. Enjoy football and enjoy the nice weather because it's going to start turning to fall, which is my happy time. Oh, so yeah. until next week, everybody. See you then. See ya.